look at the um, the Hildebrand group, uh, another strong group here, really led by Eugene, the guillotines, um, kind of coming in ranked ninth off a uh, off a strong NTT season where they finished um, seventh last year. Um, they do lose two starters, um, one of which the the center of which this group is named after Benjamin Hildebrand, and then their um, their their part time small forward Daniel Stringer. But um, they get Tolliver back. They get Roberts, the freshman, good-looking freshman back who can score and defend, as well as Marcos Gatlin. Um, and you couple that with another 16-16 class. I think Eugene uh, liked their success in the NTT last year. I think they're looking to, to continue to build on that. Yeah, and this is a program I know well. I'm coaching Salt Lake City in Conference 31, and Eugene is there. And they're, they're there for sure this season. You know, I mean, it was – not too long ago that they were on the national scene. I'd have to check the history here. Yeah, they were in the final four in season 23. They were in the title game in season 18. And this seems to happen with this program. Every, you know, five to seven seasons, they really make some noise on the national stage. Uh, and then they'll fall back a little bit. Uh, but they are right there again this season. You went through it. Uh, a lot of talent on this team. I mean, Albert Tolliver, I think it kind of starts with him. He's a guy who, you know, another really, really highly recruited player, you know, top five in the country, I believe, as a guard. Uh, and he has done a great job. This Eugene team has a sort of a history of star stud point guards, uh, going back to Alan Fairclough and then Hunter Jones. And now, although he didn't always play point guard, but now Tolliver in that spot. Um, you know, but I do think the guys they lost are significant. You mentioned Hildebrand, the mm -hmm. center. He left. Uh, Daniel Stinger, it's certainly true what you said. He was a part-time starter last year, but I always thought of him as the better player between those mm -hmm. two. It was it was interesting to me to see him, you know, kind of shuffling in and out of the lineup. Uh, you know, if you take a look at the per 30-minute game score, he actually had the best on the team last year. Stinger mm -hmm. did. Uh, you know, in fewer minutes, maybe that's easier to achieve. But, you know, he, he certainly has the talent. Um, and this, you know, it can be a curse at times or just a slight curse when you have so much talent and you end up moving guys around because you feel like you're you're underachieving a little bit and maybe this guy on the bench uh, could make things happen even better than the starters are doing. But, uh, you know, I, it's certainly a good problem to have. I mean, Amon Curry was coming off the bench for some of last year. He's another guy who was a multiple team tie, uh, played pretty well, you know, wasn't quite as efficient as I'm sure coach would have wanted. But he'll have a chance to start this year, I would think. Uh, but he may get beaten out by these freshmen. Uh, yep. Justin, yeah, Justin Blount, uh, 18.6 points per 30, uh, you know, efficient shooting, really nice defensive numbers, you know, 1.7 steals, 2.6 blocks. So just based on those stats, I would think he has to be in there. Uh, and I know Leslie Terry, 6'11 uh, freshman, was uh, a tie as well. So some good fortune for this program. Uh, a lot of recent success. Um, candidly, I think they're the favorite to win my conference this season. And, uh, you know, they're going to be a real tough out in this group as well. Yeah, certainly won't disagree with that. Amon Curry is going to have his shot to earn a starting position, but he's got two freshmen really right there on his heels. I, I honestly don't see any way you, you can keep a, a Leslie Terry on the bench. Another big guy you can average a double-double fills right into the role that Hildebrand left. Will be interesting to see what they can do with Blount. Very nice high game score, plus ten, a plus minus shot, nearly sixty percent. So you know, 
good problem to have in Eugene where they've got a lot of guys that can come back, fill, you know, four or five uh, double-figure scores. So um, certainly a challenger, not just in the PNTT this title, but I think this season overall. Um, taking a look at the two seed in this region, it is, uh, it is San Antonio, the Trubadors. They, um, they do lose two starters last year, including their point guard, Christian Brown, which will be the most significant loss. What can they do to kind of replace that production? They're not probably going to get it from the freshman class, uh, uh, a class that Coach Warrick's probably not super pleased with at 148, 174. Um, the point guard position, where do they go here, Coach? What What's the answer for replacing Christian Brown? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, backing up just slightly, you know, San Antonio, uh, a team that has had success in the PNTT, uh, made the title game of the PNTT a few seasons ago, and I think really got the attention of, you know, our fearless leader, Coach V, and and me, uh, who, you know, we do the NTT preview podcast at least a lot of seasons, and for two seasons in a row now coming out of that, you know, PNTT success, which wasn't even last year, but it was two, two years ago, as I say, uh, I think we've both, or at least one of us has been kind of bullish on them in the NTT because of the success they had in the PNTT. And it hasn't happened for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, la last year they were in, I think the bottom region and they were a six seed. And I think we were both taking them to get to the, at least the elite eight, maybe <coughs> the, final, the final four. Uh, so, you know, cause you, you see that kind of success early in a season against such good competition as we have in this group in the tournament. And you think, oh, you know, this is a team that can compete with anybody, but for whatever reason, they just haven't had that kind of success on the national stage, uh, more recently. And you, you talked about Christian Brown getting back to this question. Now, I think he is, uh, you know, sort of maybe emblematic of some of the frustrations that this program and the coach have had where they're so talented. They can beat almost anybody, but they're inconsistent. And he mm -hmm. is like that. You know, he he's a guy who could score, you know, scoring almost 20 points per 30 minutes, um, had some nice defensive numbers. I know he's a very talented player, not a true point guard, right? Had more turnovers than assists last year. And, you know, he's only 5'11". So I, I think he may, and I didn't coach him myself, but haven't seen some posts on the message board about it and watched them. I think he's sort of a tough player to coach because it's like you can't keep him out of the starting lineup. He's got so much talent. Uh, he's not a true point guard. Can't really move him to shooting guard because of his height. So he's sort of stuck at that spot. So I'm going to flip it and say it could be a good thing for this program to not to say to, you know, to lose him. He's a good player, of course, but just to maybe have a little more flexibility in the lineup to be able to try more things. Um, you know, and there are, um, some good players coming back for sure. And some players who had, you know, a nice assist to turnover ratio, like Cameron Jarrell or Jarrell, yep. I'm not sure how to say that, you know, he's a guy who had really nice numbers coming off the bench last year, both as a scorer and as a distributor, uh, not, not as much as a defender, which presumably is why he was on the bench, but looks like he could probably play point guard. Uh, and then although the freshmen were not, you know, highly acclaimed, there's a guy in Britton Mitchell who at least, you know, has that point guard type statistical profile, you know, 7.3 assists per 30 minutes under two turnovers playing point guard, uh, you know, 1.4 steals average in double figures, uh, albeit just about 10 points per game. So, you know, who knows uh, how he's actually rated and how he'll perform, but statistically not too bad uh, given the recruiting class rankings you mentioned. 
And just one final note on that. Uh, I think I saw the coach posted a few days ago about how he actually forgot to recruit in the final week of the season. Uh, forgot to put any points down. So, you know, who knows what this class would have looked like uh, if he had, you know, managed to do that. You can see the four previous classes are all ranked, you know, pretty well. This is a team that has had a lot of success on the recruiting trails. So, you know, I haven't, haven't seen the follow-up post to see, you know, how it all turned out and who they lost out on as a result of that. You know, presumably no, you know, nobody who they were in a tie for, did they receive? Maybe they wouldn't have anyway. You know, we know how that works, but still uh, tough, tough one for them. Uh, we'll see how they can recover. Yeah, certainly. And then, yeah, anytime you miss, uh, you miss a week that that can come back and, and sting you come, come signing time. Um, and just to kind of do it. Maybe a ton of time to really recover from that. Um, yeah, you, you alluded to it. I think Jarrell or, or Gerald, however you say it, has to get the first crack at the point guard spot. Mitchell, while he certainly has great assist numbers, um, being, being six foot and shooting a low percentage does scare me. Alec Wilson um, is a very, very good shooter, shot nearly 63% true shooting. But the size is the question. Is that another Christian Brown um, issue if you, if you come in start Wilson? A guy who can shoot, a guy who can score, does not have great assist numbers, but six foot, so you can't really play him at the two. You're really stuck with him at the one. Do you, do you rotate between Mitchell and Wilson at the, at the starting and, and bench spot just to try to figure something out and move Gerald to the two? So, again, that's my biggest question with this team. What are they going to do with the point guard spot? They've got some talent. They've got some good pieces. But, uh, you know, you, you've got to have a straw to really stir the drink here. And I just don't – I'm very curious what, uh, what San Antonio is going to do there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as, as I said, Brown was a good player, not exactly a table setter as a point guard, you know, so I think I think they'll be able to survive. I really do. You know, whether it's Jarrell, whether it's one of the freshmen, uh, a guy like Brendan McFarland, who barely got to play last year, played only five games, but I think has some talent. Um, you know, he'll probably be on the bench most likely, but I wouldn't be too surprised if other guys struggle if, if he gets an opportunity. Um, you know, the, it's, it'll certainly be an issue for them. At some point in the season, uh, you know, once again, maybe they'll struggle to go too far in the NTT and maybe they'll struggle to deal with Eugene in this group. But uh, I think they'll figure it out. I still think this is an NTT level team. Agreed. You know, before they jump into talking about Eugene, they've got to deal with a very nice freshman class from the Idaho Falls Potatoes in, in game one. Seven, four, um, the rankings there coming off uh, a PTT season where they finished um, 30th, 15-9 and record. They only lose one starter in Adrian DeBerry. So, you know, right off the bat, this Idaho Falls-San Antonio game is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, you called out the, the talent that they just brought in. And it's interesting to look. You know, they were in the PTT last year, but they were in the NTT Sweet 16 the season before that. And I'm doing this on the fly here. I admittedly don't remember, but I think I'm seeing it correctly. I don't think they had, they graduated a senior from that NTT team. And then they graduated one last year. So, you know, putting it together, in other words, only one guy from the five starters who were in the Sweet 16 two seasons ago is gone. So, you know, they've got four of those five guys left, plus this consensus top seven freshman class. So, you know, the talent is certainly there. Uh, you know, Norris Hodges comes in, 
big numbers, scored over 25 points a game in high school, uh, had some you know decent numbers around it. Charles Hicks scored over 20 points a game with very nice efficiency uh, and pretty good assist to turnover ratio as well. A couple guards who, who look very talented. And Andrew Powell uh, would bring up the rear in that group statistically, but you know probably will be a capable backup for them and be able to score a little bit as well. So you know those guys can help. And if they can just get back to the level where they were playing last seat, you know, two seasons ago, where they were in the NTT Sweet 16, um, you know, they've got guys coming back and Killian Veith, who was a highly touted recruit, uh, playing power forward last year, scoring over 20 points for 30 minutes. Uh, Joseph Thomas had a very nice season as a point guard. So it's just the one, the one shooting guard, Adrian DeBerry, who they graduated, uh, presumably either Hodges or Hicks or or somebody uh, could even be. Um, someone who was already on the team can come in and fill a starting role. Uh, they could really hit the ground running this season. Yeah, coach. And this, this really falls in line to what we were talking about earlier. You know, three, three starters and double figures who can score is good, but that makes you a bubble team, whether that's in or out. You know, relying on these freshmen, I think they can get them over the hump and back in the NTT. But, you know, anytime you're relying on freshmen, that's a scary thing, but, Heck, if there's a um, if there's a class to rely on, not not bad to rely on. You know, three guys who averaged at minimum 19 points per game, all of which shot at minimum of 50 57 uh, percent true shooting percentage as well. So, you know, I think uh, I think Idaho Falls um, can 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 certainly make some noise here. Um, it's gonna they're gonna have to rely on that freshman class. I would buy stock. I think uh, that's a great class really to build on and to invest in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, looking more and more at this team as we're talking here, you know, they, they may not even need those freshmen necessarily to slot in. I think they will. I think that will be the lineup. I imagine Hodges or Hicks will be there at shooting guard. But, you know, you take a look at Carson King on the bench last season. Really nice game score for 30 minutes, uh, over 18. You know, he's playing six, eight, playing backup power forward last year. So you'd have to shift some things around for sure. Uh, but, you know, if you wanted to go with a, a bigger starting lineup and, you know, move McCann or Reith down uh, to shooting guard, small forward somewhere in there and bring in King, you know, if you absolutely had to do that, because for whatever reason, the freshman didn't perform, you know, presumably you could. So I, I think this is a team that will have some options. They're going to be, you know, uh, a real tough team to beat. And it's been interesting going through this group here, you know, this this top three, you know, we covered the James group before this. And I think we both felt like it was a, a little bit top heavy with Montpelier as the number one seed, you know, and, and clearly on top in this group, uh, at least to my eye, these top three teams are all looking real strong. And you know what? We can't forget about Ames. You know, I, I know they're they're the four seed, but they were a PTT team as last last year as well, a 14 seed, but they finished 15th. So certainly out. Um, outdid themselves there. Um, they'd lose two starters. They had some position flexibility. Um, they were a 12 and 12 team last year. Honestly, coach, I, I really don't know what to think of the Ames team. They were, they returned good pieces and Leonard and Patterson and Wheeler. Um, they do lose two senior starters, but um, you know, they, they, they've got, they've got some talent here. They've got some pieces. They, I don't know quite frankly, how they're going to put this lineup together. Uh, very, very curious to see what Coach Jacob does here. Yeah, it's it's a solid team for sure. Uh, they were very competitive last season. You know, as you say, had some, some success in the PTT. 
as I recall, they were, you know, competitive in their group in the PNTT last year as well. Uh, bring back who look to be, you know, their two best starters from last year, at least statistically, and Wheeler, the point guard, and Patterson, the power forward. Um, you know, I, I think it's a good team. You know, solid freshmen are coming in, and, you know, Logan Cahill comes in with some some nice stats, maybe able to, to fill a spot, whether he slots in at shooting guard or, or maybe bumps Wheeler over to shooting guard and plays point guard himself. Uh, presumably those are both on the table. Uh, Fernando Anderson as a backup last year, had some nice numbers as, as the backup shooting guard and has some height at six, seven. So he could potentially slide into that small forward spot. You know, it's hard to say. Uh, I think this is a good team. I don't think they're a four seed type quality. I think they're, they're better than that. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think in this group, it makes sense that they're the four seed. Um, yep. I think, I think the three teams above them, are are better than they are and so although you know it's not going to be an easy team to play or an easy team to beat um i i think it's going to be real tough for them to get all the way up to the top of this group you know when there's four teams somebody has to be in fourth place and i just think mm-hmm. uh i think the three teams in this hildebrand group are are not level above not to say Ames can't compete and and can't surprise somebody but i do feel like um there's there's uh there's a there's a there's a hierarchy here. Um, Coach, is Eugene running away with this one, or, or is San Antonio or Idaho Falls can can they come in and take this one away? I think it's real close. I really do. I mean, e- Eugene again is a team I have a lot of respect for because they're in my conference and we know how tough it is to beat them consistently. Uh, they have a ton of talent. They're a deserving number one seed, but I, I'm I'm really really intrigued by Idaho Falls and where this program is going. As I say, for them to have been in the Sweet 16 two seasons ago, we all know in League 31, you know, you can miss the NTT, you know, year in year out, once in a while, it can happen. Uh, you know, you just have a couple bad losses, and all of a sudden you're out. You know, you're in the PTT. Uh, so for them to be in the PTT last year, I don't think is an indictment on the talent they have necessarily. Uh, and then just to have guys coming back. And as I say, only one starter has graduated from the team that was in the Sweet 16 two seasons ago. And then to bring in a 10 class, uh, you know, are they going to beat Eugene? Are they going to beat San Antonio even? I don't know. They easily could finish third in this group. Uh, it's kind of a projection, but that's the team I have my eye on as, as a team that could rise up and, and maybe win this group in a little bit of an upset. What do you think? I, I, I'm going to lean Eugene, but yeah, I had Idaho Falls as my number two, a close two. relying on the freshman is my big question mark that I have right here in my notes. You know, if they come in, perform, you know, who, who knows what can happen? They've got talent, as you alluded to, they, they know how to win. They've been there before in the sweet 16. Uh, maybe they kind of went into last year with expectations that it just would happen to them again. But um, you know what? Now that they've kind of, quote unquote, been humbled by their performance last year, maybe it's a good year to refocus, bring in some new talent, stock the shelves. Um, I, I like Eugene, but San Antonio or Idaho Falls could certainly give those guys a run for their money. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to be uh, too cute about it, right? I mean, Eugene has all the talent. They've got the senior point guard in, in Tolliver. Uh, they're the favorite for a reason. Don't get me wrong, but I, I do think Idaho Falls and and San Antonio are are you know strong contenders, and I'm not going to be at all surprised if this group gets multiple teams in the PNTT playoffs.